Let's be honest. These days, most conversations around climate are downers. But Carleton University's Scott Bucking, an associate professor in building information modeling, still has optimism intact when it comes to the conversation. Scott joins us this morning to discuss the work being done at his lab to help create new communities that are both energy independent and net zero. Good morning to you, Scott. Hi, good morning. Uh, can you, as we begin, outline your lab's work in housing and climate adaptation and the, and the potential impact? Yeah, for sure. So we've been working in this area for about 10 years now, and we've finally seen some of the manifestations of that early, uh, that early hard work that we had done. So yeah, I'm, I'm fairly optimistic moving forward that we do have a lot of solutions um, to deploy here. There's a, a saying in academia that we tend to overestimate what technology and innovation can do in the short term, but underestimate what it can do in the long term. So we've got uh, a lot of kind of computational approaches that we use, but that really needs to be matched by, you know, seeing developments and buildings and other things uh, getting built and tested and proving that they accomplish what they were set out to do. Okay, so, so the positivity that you're seeing, you know, in... in uh in plain English, because you, yeah, you're deep, deep into this world, your positive outlook on climate change and sustainability when it comes to housing, where does that come from? What exactly are you seeing? And can you give us a little bit of a snippet of the results? Well, we're seeing solutions at scale now. So one of the developments that we had worked with is uh, East Park in London, Ontario. And it's a, you know, 70 plus acre development with 84 plus units mm. that have lots of sustainability features that address things like ongoing grid outages due to climate change events, but as well as sort of hitting this, you know, annual balance between um, emissions coming from the electrical grid, but also exporting renewable energy to share with surrounding communities. All right. And let's talk about the students themselves, your students' involvement in these green housing projects and their impact on sustainability. How involved are the students? Yeah, so we've done a couple design build projects. Uh, I was, you know, growing up working in carpentry and things like that, and kind of wanting to get back on the tools. So that's uh, something that we try to do through the university is sort of a design build project. So one of my students, Sin Young Hung, who is now working with Eve Park, uh, helped us design a net zero energy tiny home. Uh, and that was used for lots of things like promotion and then showing people some of the technologies being featured in these communities. Uh, essentially, as soon as he graduated, he was picked up right away to work on this development. Wow, that's, that's, that is a proof positive to... Choose this line of work, perhaps, if it's in your skill set. Uh, can you explain the uh, cost-benefit uh, analysis and computer modeling that your lab uses in project planning and decision-making? How do the computers and those models uh, come into effect? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, what we try to do is we look at lots of different scenarios. Uh, so there's a tool called a Monte Carlo simulation where you can put lots of assumptions in around, you know, key economic indicators. And it really just plots all of these different scenarios moving forward. Um, that might be possible and helps you make better decisions. Uh, so one manifestation of that would be uh, in Eve Park that the look on affordability was taken more broadly than just the buildings themselves. So the second major expense that a lot of uh, Canadians, you know, have to tolerate is having one or two vehicles. Uh, often those vehicles are sitting idly in our driveways or in parking lots somewhere. So they did a ride-sharing uh, program. So you would buy a unit and essentially get an electric vehicle for lease. Uh, sorry, not lease, but for rental whenever you would need it to run your errand. Uh, so that's just an example of, you know, you pay for the unit, but then you're also offsetting some of those key costs that you would have uh, as a homeowner. Okay, so, so that is one example of, of some, you know, keeping the cost controlled to a certain extent. But what do you say, Scott, to the detractors who say, you know what, anytime you use the term, you know, 
climate change, and you use the term uh, zero, uh, you know, uh, net carbon, uh, it, it comes with a cost, and people simply can't afford it. Yeah, I mean, that's common with technology at first, right? Um, we're sort of hitting this economy of scale where, you know, things are being phased out and things are being brought in. So, like I said very early on in the interview, don't forget about the long-term um, trajectory of this stuff. Uh, transitions hurt no matter, you know, what, what you're sort of looking at. Um, I think really after this summer, especially uh, with my travels going through BC and Alberta, mm-hmm. we're, we're really seeing some of the early stages of what climate change might look like for us uh, in the long term. So, you know, that's one of my messages, I guess, is just don't forget the long picture. We're seeing the short term and it's easy to get stuck in the short term. Um, it's easy to sort of, you know, not take some of these solutions seriously right now, but don't forget that uh, we're very early on in this. Speaking with Scott Bucking, Associate Professor in Building Information Modeling at Carleton University, and in another devil's advocate question for you, Scott, and that is, you know, we are a nation of what, just a, a hair over 40 million people. We're dwarfed by our neighbors to the south. We know that they're not doing quite as much as, as we are in our ambitious plan. We know that countries like China... Russia in India perhaps aren't doing as much. So it kind of does at times feel like a David versus Goliath. So can we, as little old Canada, make such a difference that we need to see to the climate through moves like this with housing? Yeah, what a great question. I mean, I, I would say don't underestimate the importance of leadership uh, in all this. As much as you know, our, our conversation has been about technology and innovation and economics, you know, leadership really does have to play a role here too. So, I mean, what an opportunity to have, you know, essentially all these things happening at the same time. You know, Canadians on average are probably one of the more um, better educated uh, populations in the world. And, I mean, what an opportunity to start businesses, uh, to start solving these problems, um, and then see your work kind of being translated to all over the world. So, again, uh, to take kind of the bigger picture on this, whenever there's many different kind of simultaneous issues happening, um, leaders are, are going to sort of emerge from that. I want to ask you about this because I think a lot of it, when it comes to, to making these changes, starts with younger folks out there. Are those folks entering new areas of, of the workforce? So to talk a little bit more, if you can, Scott, about your building information modeling, the, the program that you're a prof at at Carleton University, uh, how unique that program is, and are there other programs like that across the nation? And is that where you see the need you know, to have folks entering this unique profession uh, to, to make these changes? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, building information modeling is just a tool basically in, in your toolkit. Um, I teach across engineering and architecture, so I get the pleasures of kind of seeing both the capabilities on that side. Um, but, I mean, this stuff goes well beyond kind of STEM subjects. Uh, things like policy, uh, obviously economics we've already hinted at. Business leadership, uh, there's lots going on there as well, so... Uh, trades. I mean, we're, we're looking at sort of building at the most rapid, you know, housing um, kind of portfolio that we've seen since post-World War II, right? Uh, all of these things are going to play a role in this moving forward, I think. Very interesting and a timely conversation as we uh, look to do what we can to turn that corner. And of course, you know, in the end, when you talk about this innovation, perhaps saving some bucks along the way. Thanks so much, Scott. Thank you, Andrew. Take care. Scott Bucking is Associate Professor in Building Information Modeling at Carleton University.